Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome. Thank you for joining me today, and we're going to have a special broadcast today with Josiah again, my special guest. I'm very thankful to have the opportunity to get with Josiah, and we're going to be doing Torah Amazing again. This is our fourth episode of Torah Amazing as we've been going through the first five books of Moses. And so today we are on the book of Numbers. Let's remember what those first five books are. We have them memorized, correct? Genesis, yes, ma'am. Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's correct. Let's do those again. The first one is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Yes, the first five books of our Bible are called the Torah. And they are they are like a foundation to the Bible. Exactly. Like, it's it's like if you read a book, like um let, let's say you read a book and you skip chapter one, and then you have so many questions. You think to yourself, Well, how'd this happen? Why'd that get there? How'd that get there? Stuff like that. And in a, in, there's always a foundation in a book. And that's always going to be the first chapter. That's right. And so the Torah forms that first chapter, so to speak, because we have the first five books. That, that's exactly right, Josiah. And in those books, we learn the foundation for the word of God and how everything started. So we're not going to skip that. We are doing this Torah amazing. And I'm so thankful that the Lord gave you that name. It's a beautiful name for this series. All right. So now we're looking at the book of Numbers today. And Numbers is all about numbers for the most part. It's primarily about the wilderness wanderings and the accounting for that. So God is giving us some degree of numerical values of various things, numbers, but he's also giving us a history record of where they went and some of the things that happened when they went there. So I want to just quickly start us out with this one verse from Numbers chapter 1, and it says this, The children of Israel shall pitch their tents, everyone by his own camp, everyone by his own standard, according to their armies. And so this starts out the book of Numbers because Numbers is primarily about numbers and about the wilderness trips and wanderings that they had in the desert after God had delivered them from Egypt and called them out and brought them through the Red Sea. And now they're going to the promised land. And so on the way, we have a record of some of the things that they encountered and did. And that's what the book of Numbers is telling us. But there are also some numbers that we have some counting, actually, in the book of Numbers. One of those is in chapter 2. And it's very interesting in chapter 2. I'm not going to read much of this, but I do want you to understand that in chapter 2, there's a lot of numbers given. God is saying the tribe of Judah had such and such, so many people, and the tribe of Asher, and the tribe of Gad, and the tribe of Naphtali, and all of these different tribes. And you count up all those numbers. Well, 
He also said in chapter two that with the tabernacle in the center of the camp, all of those numbers, all of those different tribes were to camp in a certain place. And so by the eastern gate, Judah was the one that was to leave the camp. When they would camp, they had certain spots for every tribe to camp at, three on each corner. So there was three in the west, three in the south, three in the east, and three in the north. And so the east would start first. Judah was the one in the east. And God said, Judah will go first when it's time to either camp and rest or when it's time to get up and move the tabernacle and go forward to another place. So these numbers are important in one sense primarily. And I, that's what I want to share now. If you go through and you plot the numbers of the various tribes around the tabernacle, like God said it had to be, you will see that those numbers add up to form a cross. And so when you looked at the camp of Israel from the from like a, a plane, or if they didn't have planes in that day, but if you looked from above, you would see a cross. It would make the image of a cross when they would camp like that. It's a beautiful picture of what God was doing and God was showing us in what was going to come in Jesus Christ later because Jesus would die on a cross for the sin of the entire world, including the nation of Israel. He would be their Messiah. And so every time that God would look down from heaven upon the camp of Israel in the wilderness, he saw the cross. And that cross always was reminiscent and depicting Jesus and his coming death on the cross. It's beautiful to understand that. From all of those numbers that get very boring to read in Numbers chapter 2. But when you understand what it forms, it's a beautiful picture of Jesus. And I love that. That's one of the amazing things from the book of Numbers. How about that, Josiah? God is amazing. God is amazing. So what, Josiah, will you bring to us next from the book of Numbers? Well, now I'm going to be talking about Numbers chapter 11 and if you're at home and you want to read along again numbers chapter 11 and the people complained in the hearing of the lord about their misfortunes and when the lord heard it his anger was kindled and the fire of the lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp then the people cried out to moses and moses prayed to the lord and the fire died down. So the name of that place was called Tibera, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel wept again and said, and said, Oh, that we have meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt and cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up. And there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed. And its appearance like that of bdellium. Yes. The people went about, gathered it, and ground it in handmills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots, and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. 
When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all the, this people on me? Did I convince all this people? Did I give them birth, that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers where am i to get meat to give to all this people for they weep before and say give us meat for we may eat i am not able to carry all this people alone the burden is too heavy for me if you will treat me like this kill me at once if i find favor in your sight that may not seek my wretchedness so Moses was just saying he's weary of all the people and their constant asking him about food and so forth. So what did God do there? He gave them manna to eat. That's right. And do you know what manna represented? Jesus' body. That's right. It's the Lord Jesus. The manna itself was like a little piece of bread, kind of. It was somewhat like a bread. And um, yeah. so it came from heaven, didn't it? And so what is the passage that tells us what the manna represented from the book of John? So now if you want to read this again, um, it kind of, it refers back to number chapter 11. But we're going to go to John in the New Testament, one of the Gospels, by the way, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It is the very last Gospel. You're going to go to John chapter 6. And if you want to read this along with me, it's kind of related to Numbers chapter 11. And where we're going to read next is kind of, it's kind of similar to Numbers chapter 11. But if you want to read it at home, it is John chapter 6. We're going to read verse 30 through 59. All right. Again, John chapter 6, verse 30 through 59. So they said to him, then what sign do you do? that we may see and believe you. What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us the bread always. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. But raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come 
to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be all they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give up? Give us his flesh to eat. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. And so what he was talking about there was the fact that he came as the living bread, just like the manna fell in the wilderness, correct? Correct. So it takes us back to Numbers chapter 11. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that we were going to literally eat of his flesh and his blood. But if you remember when Jesus had the last supper with his disciples, he lifted up the cup and the bread and said that they were to take and eat because this was his body and his blood. It was representative of the fact that he was going to die on the cross. His body was going to be broken and beaten and killed, and his blood was going to spill out. And through that act, he would feed the eternal souls of every person in the world that would believe in him. That's what he was meaning when he said that he was the manna come down from heaven. But it all ties us back to Numbers chapter 11, right? That's right. And the manna that, that Numbers chapter 11 told us about. So what else did you have for us today? Next up, we're going to talk about Numbers chapter 21. Again, if you are reading at home, Numbers chapter 21. Say it with me, Annie. Numbers, Numbers chapter 21. Chapter 21. So if you want to read it at home, it's Numbers chapter 21, verse 4 through 9. Again, verses 4 through 9. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord said, Fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. 
So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if the serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So basically what that is saying is if you get if you got bit by the snake back then and you came out and you looked um at the bronze serpent yeah at the bronze serpent you will be healed and you know it's it's kind of funny it actually matches up with another set of verses in John chapter 3 verses 14 through 16 and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life I bet you guys all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's literally pretty much the same thing, and I'll explain it. Let's say, like, let's say this, the snake that bit you is Satan, and then Jesus comes down, and you look at him, you, give, you put him before yourself, uh, you give him your life, you will be saved just like you will when you look in the when you look at the bronze serpent and it's really cool how that wraps around together there's a lot of things in the bible that do that and it and it could be old testament so, somewhere in the old testament and somewhere in the new testament or it could be both places in the new testament or both places in the old testament it'll mix and match however it wants there is always something that matches up in here. Yes, that is wonderful, Josiah, because the Bible does do that and that it it matches so perfectly because all of the Bible really is about Jesus. And so we see him throughout in many different ways. This is one of those ways. That's a beautiful picture of Jesus. All right. And as we're nearing to close up this episode of our Torah Amazing we want to go next, and I just want to me- mention a few things from Numbers chapter 19. In Numbers chapter 19, I'm just going to read verse 9 to us, but Numbers chapter 19 tells us about this red heifer, and this was a red female cow that they were then to come. The Lord had commanded them to bring that red heifer cow and to burn it before him as a sacrifice. It was a special sacrifice. And I want to read from Numbers chapter 19, verse 9. It says this, Then a man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and store them outside the camp in a clean place, and they shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for the water of purification. It is for purifying from sin. So God gave them this commandment so that they would take this animal and kill that animal and then burn the ashes, burn the animal to receive the ashes. The ashes would be kept, and it was from those ashes mixed with living water from the pool of Siloam that they would then make the waters of purification. And the waters of purification were important for sprinkling and for cleansing and purifying. It was used in many different ways back in the days of Numbers. Then when we come to the New Testament, we read in Hebrews chapter 
9 verse 14, I believe it is, where we see the ashes of the red heifer signifying Jesus and the fact that Jesus' blood and Jesus' death is even better and does more, accomplishes more purifying and cleansing from our sin than even that red heifer offering did. And today we're living in a very exciting time because the red heifers are now in Israel. There are several that are still possibly qualifying for this sacrifice to be able to be burned. And so there are some Jews in Israel that are excited about that because it may mean that they're about to be able to rebuild the temple and then sacrifice this animal and purify the temple. So it is an exciting day for us to live. But the main point is that Jesus' blood and Jesus dying to fulfill the red heifer sacrifice is even more important than that red heifer. But the red heifer was one of those things. Now, Numbers tells us about a few other things. We find out about Aaron's rod that budded overnight miraculously. We find out about why Moses was not allowed to enter into the promised land. So there are other things as well as other things that they experienced as they journeyed from the Red Sea into the promised land or to the place where they could then enter into the promised land. So Numbers is a very important book for us to understand. It's hard to read sometimes, but it is important. And a lot of it shows us Jesus in powerful ways as we've tried to bring a few of those to you today. So you've got something special, Josiah, that you would like to close us out with from the book of Numbers, don't you? That is correct. If you guys want to read this at home, it is Numbers. Go flip all the way to Numbers. And we are going to read chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. And as you read this, you're probably going to have a memory of something which I'll talk about in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 22 through 27 of Numbers chapter 6. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lifts his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Now, you probably just thought, oh, I've heard that somewhere. You probably have. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but you probably have. It's a song called The Blessing, and it the chorus is the exact same thing as this. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. If you've heard that song, or if you haven't, you should check it out. It's a good song. But that is exactly where they got it from. That is what it's talking about. That's exactly And it right. is just, it is, it's some really powerful three scriptures. Amen. Yes, it is. It's the way the Lord wants us to be blessed, isn't it? That is awesome. Amen. That's right. That is awesome. Well, Josiah, it's been another great episode with you as we've considered Torah Amazing, the book of Numbers. I'm delighted that that I've been able to spend this time with you and that you could join me again for another episode here at Covenant Truth Ministries. And thank you all for joining us today. 
I pray that this has been a blessing to you and that the Lord will bless you richly in Jesus' name. Amen.